You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. We at Represent would like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land on which Sin operates, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders past and present and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches. Sovereignty has never been ceded, it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Kids should go to school. That's what we're committed to. Why do we want it? Why do we want it? I haven't flip-flopped. I said no originally, then I said yes, then I have said no and I've stuck to it. I didn't need to do this. I've already done a lot of war for the election. The English fought a civil war over this this matter. Don't deal with the nuance of the Canberra bubble. I don't know what to do with it. We have so much money. What we want is more learning in schools and less activism in schools. Issues that perhaps may be controversial today, but 30 years from now, your children, your grandchildren are going to be thankful that you stood up for what it was right. Represent. 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 You're listening to Represent. Welcome back to Represent. Welcome only back. 13 minutes in. We are on time. On time. Well, like, look, depending on how you look at it, and I like to look at all of my clocks 14 minutes behind, so I guess we really are we, we are on time. Yeah, yeah. If you it, think it's five about o'clock it. somewhere in the world. It's five, it's five o'clock somewhere. It's five o'clock somewhere. Welcome to the show if you hadn't tuned out realising we weren't <laughs> on at five o'clock, but only the real ones... Stay on. There was good music there. That was some good music. Add those to your playlists. Get onto it. And you can hear it in full on the Sweet 16, Sundays at a time. At a time. (laughs) Sunday nights at some point. Just tune in all day on Sunday and you will find it at some point. If you don't always have like an earbud in playing Sin, what are you doing? You need to be listening to the station 24-7. But I feel like I don't know how many songs we've got in rotation on, on the station. I have no idea. I feel like I've never heard one redone, but that's also because I'm paying so much attention. (laughs) Naya's got two earbuds in listening to Sin at all times, so she knows every single song. Can you name all of the Sweet 16, Naya, right now? I I didn't realise there were only, like, 16. Is it 16? I I I don't know, because I think there's, like, 16. It's on at 4 o'clock, like, 16... (laughs) <laughs> no, what? I was like, I, at a time, I was like, 4 o'clock, 16. Who tells 24-hour time now? My friend. My really? friend, yes, um, who I went away with. I won't name check her, but everyone who knows me knows who I went away with. She has 24-hour time on her phone. Has this friend um sat in on the show before? Yes, yes, yeah, okay, twice. So okay, I know which one it is yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know which one it yeah. is. And I just, as I say that, unrelated, but I realised we did not even go, oh, what should we start with today? So what would you like to start with today? Well, I'd love to talk about the Radiothon, but unfortunately that is over. But you can still donate to Sin. You can still donate to Sin. I actually have the URL right here because I do. (laughs) Givenow.com.au forward slash Sin Media, S-Y-N. Sorry, it's longer than the old one. It's longer than the old one. Don't go to the old one because it doesn't work anymore. So, 
Yeah, thanks to everyone who did donate to the Radiothon. You helped us raise a lot of money. So um, thank you very much to everyone who donated, and hopefully the lights will stay on at Sin for many, many years to come. How many years? Hopefully more than three. Well, <laughs> how old until we're too old to be at Sin? Um, for, for me, it would be six years. You're, for you, it would be seven. Yeah. 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 So, so seven at years, please. At least seven years. Seven years. Imagine if just one day they walk in while we're doing the show and they're like, guys, we've run out of money. You have to stop. <laughs> Get off the radio. Perhaps if we just leave it running, like we just we just never stop running. They we, can't, we they just, can't just take us off air. We, like, we grab they? the microphones and run works. out of the studio like, you will never stop us. Never. You will never stop us from representing all the time. Exactly. exactly. If you want to hear your voices represented, exactly. get in touch with us on the socials and we will represent you at sin represents yeah it is so good we're pumping out the good naya just took a photo i just took a photo that might be on the socials that will go on the socials it's going on the socials now while freddie talks about something interesting if you're not following the socials you gotta get onto it guys you're missing out at sin represent we have a banger show for you today we've got so much going on we um unfortunately Bridie is away today. She's and a traitor so and shows everybody trumpets else. over us. I know. Seriously? Seriously? Bridie, if you're listening, what the hell? What is that? She's probably not. She's at her concert. She's at her concert Ugh. and dinner with trumpets or something. I don't know. It's her and her trumpet? What are you out for dinner? <laughs> she's eating trumpets for dinner. <laughs> Ooh. Is that trumpet like like well if if she's out to dinner with her trumpet and they're eating trumpets, is that trumpet cannibalism? Yeah, I feel like it'll leave like a really metallic taste in your mouth. It's like you've eaten blood. It wouldn't blood. be nice. No, it wouldn't be nice. I feel like there must be someone out there. No, we're not getting into people well, eating I, trumpets. Well, no, but like I don't know if you've seen that show, um, My Strange Addiction. There's like yes. the clips all over YouTube, but there's like the people on there who just like eat things that you shouldn't eat, and it's kind of weird. Like I think I saw one that was like um, the woman who was like eating her like dead husband's ashes or something. Okay, I admit I have seen that one. That was, like, clickbait, and I still to this day do not know if that was true. During lockdown... Well, like, of course it's probably, like, a fake show, maybe. Allegedly. We're not going to defame my strange addiction. (laughs) But, um... I, I went through, like, a phase during COVID of just, like, binge-watching all these, like, TLC shows. So it was, like, My Strange Addiction, My 600-Pound Life, um, Extreme Cheapskates, all of that. Now, I promise we did actually prepare some things to actually talk about today. Yeah, we are. What are you going to talk about? I have got a lovely segment on making the voting age 16. Oh, should Exciting. we do it? Should we do it? What do we reckon? What do you think, Naya? Oh, actually, when I was at Parliament House the other day... Oh, okay, what a flex. And you didn't bring Bridie and I? Wow. I know. Seriously. You weren't quick enough to respond to the email. Oh, I don't think I ever got the email. What? (laughs) Uh, Actually, it might have been a message in Slack. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it was that. Who knows? Uh, Bygones. I was at Parliament and I actually asked that question. Should the voting edge be lowered? And it was interesting because... I think everyone there um, who spoke about it seemed genuinely interested in having that discussion now. I think in the past it hasn't been a discussion that's needed necessarily needed to be had, but as even after COVID, which I found a lot of my friends who had zero political awareness mm. pre-COVID 
when lockdowns happened and all of that sort of thing, we became significantly more aware of who is leading us, who is making decisions. And now there is a new generation of people who are interested and sitting here going, well, we can protest, we can strike from school, but we can't really vote when, like, the government may want to please us so that in a few years' time we'll vote for them, but they can't go, oh, okay, we'll do all these things so you'll vote for me in the next election. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess we might as well just start talking about this then as the first segment of the day. This is good. Imagine if we just moved on. Like, that's it, guys. It's a preview. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The preview for the segment. Uh, We might as well just dive straight into this. But coming up after this, we're talking about David Van, all the controversy around that from last week. Alleged controversy. Alleged controversy. He has resigned from the Liberal Party, I believe. That is not alleged. That is not alleged. That is a fact. We'll be discussing that more later. And we'll also be talking about Labor's doomed housing bill i guess so so many explosive words today doomed or postponed it's it's postponed it's postponed depending on who you ask it's doomed slash postponed yeah it's postponed but what does that mean for parliament actually it's what does that mean for labor it's normally what does that mean for liberal at the moment it's like what does that mean we've got some labor drama finally (laughs) finally okay now back but anyway we're gonna we're gonna reverse up a little bit there's been a new campaign that launched last week to make the voting age 16 which i feel like is sort of a movement we constantly see around but now we're seeing that now more than ever the campaign is called make it 16 Uh, So, of course, as you probably do know, Australians can't vote until they're 18 when it becomes compulsory to vote. And this group, Make It 16, wants to lower this age to... Have a guess what age they want to lower it to. Wrong. You're not even listening, Naya. Seriously. No, I am putting stuff up on the socials. At sin. Represent. (laughs) Words. This is a great episode so far. So, Make It 16 wants compulsory voting for 16 and 17-year-olds, but without any fines if they don't participate. I like that. You like that? I like making it optional. That's interesting. Well, peer pressure. It's not optional. It's compulsory, but you just don't get fined like you do now. That's as compulsory as it is when they're like, you have to go to swim carnival, (laughs) and if you don't want to go, bring a medical certificate. Half the school doesn't turn up. I was always at my swim carnival. Oh, well I was always out there on the front lines doing the 50-metre freestyle and then doing nothing else for the rest of the day. Yeah. I I did the the noodle relay, four-legged race. Oh, I loved that. Yeah. That was was so fun. Novelty events. This is like a quintessential Australian primary school experience. Yes, for all our international listeners. All of, all the, of you. All, all of the ones we definitely have. Yeah. You're missing out. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I guess, like, is it really compulsory if you're not putting in sort of like a punishment if you don't vote? Is that, is it really compulsory? No. It's, it's not yeah. because you have, there is, there is really no consequence to not voting. Yeah. But having it compulsory for people, because whilst there are more 16-year-olds, 16, 17-year-olds now, I'd assume, who do want to vote, I feel like we run the risk of, if we make it compulsory, there's still a portion of 16 and 17-year-olds who don't want to vote or don't know enough to vote and younger people will be easily swayed by, you know, like, 
anybody, anybody can walk up to you and be like, vote for them. Vote Imagine for them. if the liberals get so desperate, they're like, hey guys, do you want some V-Bucks? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, it's illegal to buy votes, I'm pretty sure. Or like, is it actually illegal? I think it might be. Yeah, bribery, I but I do feel like if someone... I got a letter, I got a letter on my birthday from my local member. I did as well. I and loved that. hand signed, I was like... I would vote for you. That is not a good reason to vote for you. Well, I mean, it is. It's like personal, whatever, community said, stuff. I I've been voting for that one particular <laughs> yeah. person. But that person, I was like, you know what? I'll vote for you. It's, it, it would. <laughs> <laughs> so Naya's very easily swayed in her, in her vote. And, but, and as someone who's not usually easily swayed, imagine all the people who are 16 and 17 and could be easily swayed like, I could give my brother a chocolate bar and he'd vote for who I wanted. I'm sorry, but you said not easily swayed, but you just said you were swayed by a birthday card. <laughs> well, most things. Look, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I I felt very special getting my birthday card from my and local member. And then I realised it would be weird if I'd gotten it from the person who the had lost the election. I was like, that would be some kind of like personal hey, election Naya, stuff. Happy 18th. Hope you have a great one. Hopefully this time you'll help me win. <laughs> but That's um, like regret. <laughs> I don't know, know guilt-mongering. So there have been attempts to lower the voting age to 16 before. There's been plenty of them. In 2018, a cross-party committee of Australian politicians considered a proposal by the Greens to introduce optional voting to 16 and 17 year olds. The committee rejected the Greens proposal, but it was supported by some Labor members who did support the idea in principle, but their main objection was the voluntary part. Yeah. Which is interesting. That's interesting. And then earlier in this... The, so the, so yes. they wanted it to be compulsory, so fine-worthy. They would want it to be compulsory. And then again earlier this year, Greens MP Stephen Bates introduced a new bill to lower the age, but of course it got no support again and this time it was that it's compulsory but you're not going to get fined if you do it if you don't do it Which it's not then really compulsory it's just like highly recommended it's i i just like is the line gonna be what the wording is because it's like compulsory like voluntary or compulsory but there's yeah. no punishment like um well, they do risk that unless they're gonna set up i mean voting does often happen in schools anyway, in school buildings, but what about all of those 16, 17-year-olds? Well, in Victoria, you cannot drive by yourself. If you can't make your way to somewhere to vote and then you get fined because you couldn't get there, postal vote. Um, I'm just yeah. <laughs> coming up with solutions. But <laughs> no, no, it's just solved the problem, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, that problem has been solved already, but... I don't know, it feels like a lot of responsibility to be finding 16 and 17-year-olds for not Just, voting. Especially because I don't think they can legally enforce those fines. You can't... Yeah, I'm pretty sure, if I remember my legal studies correctly, you can't bring a, a case in court against an 18-year... Against a 16 or 17-year-old. Oh, right, okay. You have yeah. to do it through their parents, I believe. I could be wrong. Sorry, Mum, not voting. You can uh, take the Cop the fine. <laughs> But um, the I'm so sorry, I'm going to probably butcher this name, but one of the co-organisers of the Make It 16 campaign, Raven D Desai, I'm so sorry, I definitely butchered that, I couldn't find a pronunciation, um, he said, the last time this was debated, there was no actual national campaign formed by young people to reinforce the fact that we should lower the voting age across the world. So maybe this sort of 
publicity aspect of it is going to be hopefully what gets it through Parliament. Yeah, it's the best way to change things, and people we, know about it. Exactly, and we saw a very recent movement in New Zealand recently where there was actually a Supreme Court case uh, which, the, which their Make It 16 campaign brought, which determined that the voting age of 18 was discriminatory. Ooh! And, suge- and the Supreme Court suggested that the government should change it, but plans were shelved earlier this year due to a lack of support from the government, which is interesting. I mean, New Zealand has gone through a lot this year with government, but that that's fascinating come on yeah. we, we like new zealand we tend to be like you know we like their prime minister we we like well i don't, I don't know about the new one so much I haven't heard much but uh, who is the new new zealand prime minister i genuinely don't know i don't know, know. I, <laughs> I still hear new zealand prime minister see jacinda yeah <laughs> so i'm that really should be something i fix i've got a but um, i feel like we we like things that they do they tend to do things and we will then follow along because we i think we're on similar wavelengths with yeah parliamentary Chris processes hipkins is the new new zealand prime minister Chris hipkins what a sick last name that's hipkins cool. yeah that's a cool last name i know a lot of hopkins anthony hopkins mm. he should be the next prime minister <laughs> But um, the Make It 16 campaign, which launched last week, is supported by Greens MP Stephen Bates and Mm. Independent MPs Monique, Ryan and Andrew Wilkie. All three of them attended the launch of the campaign last week. Labor or Liberal parties did not send anybody to the launch of the campaign last week. So I feel like we know where they sit on on this issue. Yes. It's, I mean, they're not even going to pretend to care, which (laughs) I think is... Which yeah. I think is bold, yeah. you know. I wonder if it's not so much. I like this launch. I wonder if they haven't actually decided on a stance yet, and it's safer to just not go than. than yeah, fair to, enough. Though you still feel like there'd be a representative to be like, "What's going I, on?" I still feel like because like it's a launch. It's not like a pledge of allegiance or yeah. something. So I guess it's like you can still send a representative to chat to the organisers and see what your organisation's about. Yeah. But like to not even send like a representative is a bit not like even from the the government, like the governing party. Yeah, it's a bit. But um, Monique Ryan, who did attend, dropped this absolute bomb. <laughs> Um, She said at the launch, we have increasing evidence that young people have the same cognitive abilities and in some instances, better cognitive abilities than older people who have the right to vote. Bam! And this was Monique Ryan who said this? Yes. She was, I'm going to get this wrong, she was a neuro... She's a doctor, yeah. Yeah, she Uh, was I'm going to look it up, see if you can get it. She, she was my friend. No, no, my friend. I believe my friend either knew her or went and saw her. Um, I was going to say, if, you, if you're friends with Monique Ryan, what are you doing friend, where you please? haven't got us an interview um, with her? She is a pediatric neurologist. Yes, she was, yeah. But, so um, she, she yeah. knows her stuff. She knows her stuff, exactly. But we still, I, I'd still like to point out that under, I believe, oh, it's like the, the age keeps changing what this is, we still don't have fully developed prefrontal cortex. So the... the consequence the understanding of consequence we may know what we want but the ability to go okay so i vote for these people the consequence of that is a b and c versus voting for these people we still don't have a full grasp of consequence and even but even at 18 we don't have that exactly 
Um, so, how I mentioned before, neither of the major parties attended the launch, nor have they pledged any support to this proposal now or in the past ever. Uh, ANU found from the 2022 federal election... Was that in 2022? That feels like ages ago. Wow. Although every time I see 2023, I think that was last year. Yeah, true. Um, ANU found from the 2022 federal election that younger voters are swaying much more to the Greens than the major parties. Um, So I guess it's no surprise that the Greens really want this to go through. Yeah, I wonder also if the Greens... I mean, I don't know necessarily if this is a wondering thing. We've got sort of Labor and Liberal tend to sit middle left and right. Yes. But Greens... Uh, are more extreme. They're not. I wouldn't call them extremists. Extreme is a bold word, but, but they well, lean in further comparison. Left. They lean further yeah, left than the major parties. They're more likely to, you know, put some. It it works well because I well I I think it works well because they will they will propose something and possibly then the major parties bring it closer to centre. Okay. But it it sits there well. But I wonder if we we've got a generation of extreme thinking. Oh, okay. Young people. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm a part of it, but <laughs> not, not enough to be like, I know that we... I know, But I know that as a young person, when you're young, you you jump to those extreme conclusions. You're like, mm-hmm. we have to make, like, take huge action on everything all the time. Um, I don't know. I wonder if that, that's appealing. Well, it's hmm. like it's kind of like a generation of, like, activists almost oh, in activism. Dear. We sort of, like, so we, we feel the need to get involved, as young yeah. people have seen, through climate protests. Exactly. And all these other protests that have happened that young people have sort of been on the front lines of. And I guess that sort of begs the questions in a generation where we are becoming more politically aware, why don't we have this power to... Not we, like, I'm 19, Naya's 18. Mm-hmm. Um we but can vote. Haha. We can vote. <laughs> Suck it, sixteen-year-olds. Oh, I can't believe I have um, to vote at the end of the but, year. Um, haha. But um, you know, where sixteen-year-olds and seventeen-year-olds are still actively getting involved in these uh, in these protests and these sort of uh, po- this political messaging, where they're sh- shouting to Parliament, "We want this. Why can't they vote?" Yeah, because we we could have we could have sixteen, seventeen-year-old uh, volunteers on this show we definitely who could. could be talking about the same things we are. But they don't. Their stakes that they have in it don't get a say. They because, don't get an official say. Yeah. Is, so, what do you think, Naya? Should we lower the voting age to sixteen? So complicated. I mean, when I was sixteen, I would have loved to have been able to vote. Oh, yeah. Absolutely loved to have been able to vote. But I also I know people who, when they were eighteen, didn't want to vote. They didn't know yeah. where they stood. And so I think I'd. If I ran the country, oh, okay, I'd PM probably Naya. sit somewhere in between the, you know, you can vote, but I'm not going to fine you if you don't because I don't want people just voting because, you know, they have to. Because if you just vote because you have to, we already have a portion of the country who does that, I'm sure. Um, And, you know, I understand not wanting to vote, not wanting to have the, like, it's not a bad thing to not want an opinion in this. I know people who aren't interested, but... To enforce it, I think, is a bit extreme for young people who just are young. They're growing up. They don't know yet. I think I think very similarly because um, I, I kind of agree. Where like when I was sixteen, I had no clue where I sat politically. Yeah. But also, I feel like when I as soon as I was seventeen, like I enrolled to vote. 
Um, yeah. Whether that was because I really wanted to or whether it was uh, during lockdown and I had nothing better to do, that was they that's to be debated. They also sent us a letter. I'm liking but, um, getting the letters. Yeah, I like the letters. That's how they get me. Maybe um maybe to get like the 16-year-olds, yeah. they have to send like TikToks or something. I don't know how 16-year-olds work. I was very excited to... This is another example of me not being like, you know, the proper political swayed by the proper things i when i was my first class of year 12 history mm-hmm. my wonderful uh, history teacher don't know if she's listening i don't know if she knows about this um <laughs> but she gave us all a little box i've still got it's a little gold box and it had had a little freddo frog in it uh, because the french were doing the french revolution and the french ate frogs um oh. i'm a little bit glad it wasn't a real frog um but they <laughs> also be because um they helped people get the vote mm-hmm. She gave us a, a form to enrol to vote, and at that point, I was—I would have been sixteen. Um, and so, the moment I turned seventeen, I had this. It was very sentimental. I oh. got it out and I enrolled to vote Aww. with this. I was just like, "Oh, this is so special!" That's so sweet. But again, that's probably the only reason I enrolled. But yeah, no. <laughs> I think in when I was sixteen, I would have voted with like whatever my parents did because I was very interested in them going to vote. Who did you vote for? Da, 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 da. Yeah. But. I would have just voted for who they said because, you know, what they said went. Would your parents tell you who they voted for? Yeah. That is such a polar opposite to my family because my my parents were very... Like, I'd ask them as well, like, who did you vote for? And they even in um even in sort of like referendums and things like that they would always say never tell someone who you vote for. That's really interesting because yeah because they they're definitely raised with a sense of you know it's not something you just go and ask people. Yeah, and I don't know whether it was them that told me or someone else. I don't know, just an idea that I got, but they were always and even today, like Dad and I have had great discussions about, and even Mum and I. About the voice to parliament referendum, where yeah. do they sit? What do they want? Because I think, I don't think they would have told me if they thought that what they said was what I was going to do. I don't think. I mean, an other parent, but they have the power to do that. They could have told me, oh yes, this is who I voted for, and here's all the good things, and here's all the bad things about the people I didn't vote for, and I yeah. would have gone, yes, of course, your way goes. Yeah. When I was sixteen, but no, now I'm eighteen, and I can go. Okay, that's what you think, but I don't know if I could have back then. You, you couldn't have sort of stood against your parents and be like, "No, I voted for for this, yeah. and I disagree with you." Oh, yeah, I think that's I think that's very interesting because at the age of sixteen, we are a lot more impressionable. Absolutely. I guess. Um, so I think like when we're sort of thinking, do we lower the voting age? I'm sort of like, I think we should. I think it's very important to. But um, it would I'd also sort of support it being not compulsory because it is quite a difficult thing as a 16 year old to sort of wrap your head around i think for a lot yeah, of people absolutely but i think then also giving them the ability to vote gives them a reason to really look into that yeah oh absolutely absolutely so we'll follow that pretty closely because of course we are a politics show for young people so yes, a very niche audience but huh? should we move, move on to on, our yes. next story our are we going to talk David Van next? Yeah, we are. So we should probably mention that, of course, this story does include some heavy Thank themes, you. references to sexual assault um, and those sort of things, alleged instances. So just do take care while you are listening and, of course, have some help resources available, whether Which that's a friend I'm or family. Which I'm going to give to you because I just found them. Some from uh, Yes, helplines, Beyond Blue, 1300 4636. There's quite a few here. Lifeline, 13, 11, 14. These are great memorable numbers. Or just pop them in your phone. I think they're great to have. You can also uh, Google them. You can also Google them. 
on the same phone that you put them in. Yep. Kids Helpline, 1800 55 1800, and the National Sexual Assault Family and Domestic Violence Counselling Line, 1800 RESPECT, 1800 737 732. So just do keep that in mind while we yep. are discussing the story. And, and feel free time, to turn it off. Turn it off if take you Take out to. that one or two exactly. AirPods. We should... I'm going to estimate we'll be done with this in about 10 minutes. So in that, tune in meantime, back in. Naya, Ripple okay. Week in Parliament last week. It's been, it's been quite intense. I have to admit, I did go this, was this morning or yesterday. I went, oh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Nothing's happened this week. Oh. I opened my phone. I'm like, right. All those well, times we this go. week I saw things commented and went, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this happened, just out of my brain. But anyway, maybe what it's just... Have, what, what's happened? Give us the rundown. So, uh, this week, Liberal Senator David Van resigned from the Liberal Party, and this occurred after allegations of inappropriate behaviour uh, from colleagues. Uh, there were three allegations uh, all raised this week, but some of them date prior to this. Uh, well, they all the, the occurrence that has allegedly happened have all dated prior to this week, but um, some of them were prior to this year. Uh, Peter Dutton barred Senator Mann from the Liberal Party room, uh, which preceded his resignation. Now, the... Uh, and it should be noted that Senator Van denies the allegations. Um, and... We'll chat briefly about the main allegation in question, which was what happened with Lydia Thorpe. In Parliament. In Parliament, um, which has raised the biggest question, which we'll get to, but the big question that has come out of it, apart from, you know, should he have resigned, all of those questions, which are go along the lines of you have to decide whether or not uh, these, these things he's allegedly done are true. Um, but one of them was, and I'll go through what she did, were her comments a misuse of parliamentary privilege? This was a very big one, because I think especially very recently we've seen a lot of things said in parliamentary privilege. That may or may not, that, that may not be what parliament is made to, for. So, on Wednesday, after Senator Van spoke about the Sex Discrimination Commissioner's report about parliamentary workplaces and how they should ebb and flow... Fellow Senator of Victoria, uh, Lydia Thorpe, responded saying, quote, I'm feeling really uncomfortable when a perpetrator is speaking about violence, end quote. Uh, she said that he had, I'm going to be very specific about where I'm quoting here, uh, quote, harassed me, sexually assaulted me, um, end quote. New quote. The then Prime Minister had to remove him from his office, uh, and, end quote. New quote. Being very specific today, because this is this is all very new uh, and you know un unsteady ground, because we don't we don't have anything definite apart from his res resignation. We are keeping it very factual, very as factual what is on the record out yes. here. Yes. Uh, quote: To have him talking about this today is an absolute disgrace on the whole party. Um, so, end quote, the Prime Minister referred to here is believed to have been Scott Morrison. Yes. It happened in the last uh, electoral term. Um, and Van said, in keep in mind this is all happening in the Senate as the Parliamentary Day was occurring. I believe you could have tuned in and go onto the website and watch Parliament. Um, uh, he said, quote, I utterly reject that statement, that disgusting statement outright, uh, end quote. Um, however, 
Thorpe did return to the Senate later in the day to withdraw her comments, which was what I thought was quite interesting. Parliamentary processes fascinate me, but this was very interesting. Uh, She said, Earlier today I made some comments in relation to another senator. Uh, In order to comply with parliamentary standing orders, I withdraw those remarks. Um, And she said she'd make a further statement on the matter the day after uh, in regard to the Senate. Van has uh, noted in a statement that he's received legal advice. He said, quote, Lawyers have written to her already, making my position clear in the strongest possible terms, end quote. Uh, And his position, as he said in the same statement, is, quote, In the chamber today, Senator Thorpe made unfounded and completely untrue allegations against me that I immediately and unequivocally denied and continue to deny. End quote. That is, we don't have heaps more information. There is a lot of... There's a lot of other cases that there, there's other allegations, but what I, and I did a pretty deep dive, couldn't find many quotes from these people, or okay. and so I was a little bit hesitant, sorry, listeners, to put in what I've seen other outlets saying before we know when exactly, whether they were just, because I believe one of them um, was something that, that happened and was sorted out many years ago, 2020. 20 um and so they're all but his resignation must there's probably there'd be a reason he's resigned we don't know it well necessarily what i recall reading is that on that weekend after these allegations were made the liberal party was holding a vote as to his fate in the Uh, liberal party yes he i don't a hundred percent know the timeline but from what i remember if i do remember correctly he resigned prior to this. Yeah, uh, well, he would have had to because I... Oh, well, actually, we don't know what the outcome would have been, mm. but I think we would have we would have heard more about the actual vote that so, occurred yeah. um, or did not occur. This is the second person quite recently to have been up for vote uh, in the Liberal Party. I feel mm. like every week we have had a segment that involves the Liberal Party. Um, the Liberal specifically, Party's a content machine for yeah. us. So thank, thank you for making time on our show. Uh, so, yeah. Some stories not as good to discuss as others. No, and, and harder to discuss because this is, this all has to be very objective. Putting out journalism training. Uh, We're journo students practice. over here. <laughs> oh dear. Um, and this is live radio, so it's, yes. all, it's all happening. It's not like I can edit out what I'm saying. There you I go. Think we Anyone do have that dump button over there. On the panel. Yeah. On the panel. Oh, cool. What does buttons. that do? It dumps the last seven seconds. Cool. I believe. Let's try not to use it. But I um press yes, it. what did the second um, person say? Oh, I haven't got that there. That, that's oh. not where I was going into. That's not oh, what I was going okay, to. Yes. No. I was going to back to that question because we I did promise our listeners that in four minutes' time we will not be talking about this. Mm. Um the main question is were her comments a misuse of parliamentary privilege and because it's all still a little bit up in the air uh we don't necessarily have to come up with an answer but instead we can just chat about it so people at home can make up their own minds um well first we should if you don't know what parliamentary privilege is naya what is it so it's quite actually quite cool it's the (laughs) (laughs) okay i discovered it in detail today i was like this is Really interesting. Um, So parliamentary privilege is the legal immunities granted to the Houses of Parliament, its members and committees, which pretty much protect them from legal recourse to what occurs within the 
within the houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and which makes it interesting if someone is um, not necessarily accusing, maybe the wrong word, but alleging um, acts that have occurred from somebody else <clears throat> in the party mm-hmm. um, because that it's personal. So there, there would be, if she said that to um, to well, if she said that to a, a lawyer or the police, there there is legal uh, ramifications or they can go into. But it's it's different in Parliament. Um, so uh, a few MPs, including Barnaby Joyce, um, is one of the namely people who did um, accuse her of misusing this privilege. Um, diving into sort of that personal um, aspects of Parliament. Uh, however, MP Bridget McKenzie, uh, a coalition frontbencher, said she disagreed with this stance and she actually said some very interesting things. Um, uh, her first thing, parliament, parliamentary privilege is a powerful and very careful part of our democracy and Senator uh, senators across the ages have used it in very powerful ways to raise claims and matters of public interest from time to time, which I think that's a really great way to sum up the importance of protecting what occurs in the chambers and allowing for questionable is the wrong word, but more sensitive discussions. Um, yeah. And she, she quite, you know, quite strongly backed... Um, Lydia Thorpe and what she said within the well, th- that she said it within the party party room, or in the parliament um, in the Senate she did say uh, quote the fact that when we do discuss sexual assault in the way that we have in the recent past it can be incredibly traumatic for those people who have been through those types of incidents and whether it's our staff our colleagues or indeed the broader community this time just like the last time there have been quite visceral responses which I believe hers was um, she's, I believe, referring to uh, Lydia Thorpe's comment um, occurring because she was she was alarmed by mm-hmm. um, him speaking after allegedly um, assaulting her. Uh, all very allegedly, but it's. I feel like it ties in to a. Oh, it was a couple of. No, a couple of years. It's more than a couple of years. Would have been, I'm going to get the dates wrong. It was like late 80s or late 90s. Both the media's reporting of and Parliament itself uh, became significantly more personal. And in that shift, we had things like, you know, I mean, it's always, we'd always, I actually, I don't know this, but I'm assuming we always referred to it as like the Morrison government or the Albanese government. But that means a lot more now like it, if if Scott Morrison does something in his personal life or if Anthony Albanese did something in his personal life or Malcolm Turnbull anyone um that was the first three that came to mind <laughs> if it's far more front and center it, it would be on the front page of the newspaper um and now we're crossing over into personal allegations in the in the parliament I'd I don't know. Is 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 it person like? Is, is it do we need to keep it? If it happens at the workplace, though, exactly. I would argue it's once it happens in the workplace, it does cross yeah. that line from just a personal thing to something of a workplace issue, and we've seen that a lot with Parliament recently, where this is now renewed 
discussions of whether Parliament is a toxic workplace. And that's what the um, the report that was actually being spoken about before these allegations came out was about, yeah. about parliamentary workplaces. Isn't there a bar in Parliament House in I, Canberra? I don't know. I know there's access to alcohol, but I don't know. Um, any Anybody interested in the complex workings, I believe Annabelle Crabbe's The House on ABC iview. Fascinating oh. how... Um, and also misrepresented. Just some great insights into the progression of Parliament in Canberra and that workplace. Yeah, it's... It has th- these events, not just this alleged one here, but um, many more, like the like uh, the Brittany Higgins saga and more before it, have raised those questions about working in Parliament and whether it yeah. is uh, a a good environment or what it really is. And I think this will be a very interesting one to watch. Absolutely. Um, we'll certainly yeah. keep up to date yeah, on we, that one. Yeah, we don't know much yet, um, apart from his resignation. Do we think it will develop... How f- how much further do we think this will develop beyond his resignation now? Do we think this is going to be like, we have gotten rid of him, it is an issue that is put in the past, or do we think we're going to see it evolve further? I think we'll see not necessarily this case of his um, alleged actions... But more discussion of the way, and I think there were calls for this throughout um, what allegedly happened to Brittany Higgins. Mm -hmm. There were calls for um, an awareness of how we in Australia and specifically in Parliament deal with um, cases and victims of sexual assault or alleged sexual assault. So Mm -hmm. discussions will hopefully occur Discussions continue, and I would certainly like to see this as an examination further into the culture of Parliament, because I think there has been too much to have allegedly happened there for this to now be swept under the rug. One one story could be an oddity, but when there's this many, we go, perhaps... Something yeah. is something is up, and it isn't necessarily just you know people. It, it, there's there's a culture. This this isn't a case of where you need to remove one alleged perpetrator from Parliament. This yeah. th- it's it's quickly I think becoming an issue where we need to examine Parliament as a whole. And it's like nature nurture. The culture can determine your actions. So. Exactly. Um, but yeah, just to loop back a little bit, if you were at all. Um, uncomfortable or affected by this story whatsoever we do have those support lines naya do you mind reading them out again absolutely i'll just move across tabs so we have beyond blue 1322 4636 lifeline on 13 11 14 kids helpline 1800 55 1800 and the national sexual assault family and domestic violence counseling line 1800 respect 1800 737 732 or you can always speak to a trusted adult or friend. Make sure you have somebody to talk to. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And always and monitor your media consumption as well. Yes, um, yes. And make sure that Definitely you are recommend in a healthy 100%. state of mind. Yeah, it was it was fascinating how much uh, uni break and not having to do news <laughs> quizzes. Uh, oh. As much as I enjoyed being up to date. The relief of not being up to date was nice until oh radio Tuesday I have to radio know stuff. on the Tuesday I need to actually be staying up to date. Well, I found the uni break very relaxing, Ugh. but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, but yeah, it's been so nice. So, some, of, some of us are clearly more relaxed than others, considering Bridie has forgotten her non-uni commitments, huh? Oh. Um, and <laughs> silly Bridie. Silly Bridie. Oh, come on, Bridie. Not here with us. Seriously, you could have brought your trumpet here before you went out to dinner and a performance with and your trumpet. Then I wouldn't Jeez. accidentally be playing the represent theme at the wrong time. That didn't happen. Which did not happen. <laughs> and starting 10, 14 minutes late. 14 minutes late? It was 5 o'clock somewhere in the world. It's also, I'm going to find out who is 14 minutes behind Australia. <laughs> I don't know if there is someone who's 14 minutes exactly behind Australia. We have talked so much that we have five minutes left and it is... The only thing worth noting about the housing bill Just for this week, which we we'll quick, probably talk about, um, it has not gained the support it was intended to, and has been delayed yeah. until October. This is a major thing by this is a major election promise from the from Labor, mm -hmm. and this could be their first major defeat in Parliament. But they've delayed this till October now, which will be interesting to watch. Yeah. The government has said if it's a delay, they will consider that a rejection, which uh, can lead to. Mm -hmm. The trigger for a double dissolution where, for those of you who don't know, but, you know, if you're 16 and 17 and might be voting, nah. you might want to know. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, uh, only half the Senate is elected each term. Senate mm -hmm. sits for six years rather than three. Um, and a double dissolution, everybody leaves their chairs and they yep. all get elected. So the last one was in 2016. It was like 30 years since the okay. one before that. But Wow. As much as I don't know what it would mean for it, I'm disappointed I couldn't vote in the last election. So part of me, actually a big part of me is like, you know, we could just, we could just, you know, do it. Just something to talk about. Well, I'm going to flex. I could. So <laughs> suck it. But, um, yeah, so in case you don't know as well, I believe we've talked about it before on the show, but the housing bill is a $10 billion investment fund where the profits will be reinvested into building social housing. It's designed to build, I believe, 30,000 affordable homes uh, over its term. Uh, the Greens have knocked it back, wanting they want, saying they want a dead, uh, a guaranteed spend, not the theoretical spend of the fund, the investment fund. They want a guaranteed spend. Labor recently committed a $2 billion uh, guaranteed spend on social housing one-off, uh, Greens knocks that back. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops, and I guess we probably won't hear much more about it until closer to October. But sp speaking of hearing from things, we'll let you stop hearing from us, because we've got to get out of here. The hoist is coming up next. They are. I'd like to uh, point out that we actually started early in South Australia. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Woo! 15 minutes early. Exactly. Ah, uh, so, what, what a show. We talked about two things, five minutes on the last thing, and started... We did well. 15 minutes early in South Australia. We did well. Big show, big show. Yeah, and but, if you, yeah. you know, if you want to hear more, tune in, 90.7 FM, every Tuesday, five And if that time six. slot doesn't work for you, we've always got the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, any good podcast platform will have us, and if your podcast platform doesn't have us, get a better podcast platform. Yeah, exactly. We we are yeah. supreme. Follow us on the socials at SinRepresent on yes. Twitter and we, Instagram. We tweeted. We tweeted. I will put something on we're the always, Instagram. We're always dropping a banger post. And remember to stay, stay political. political. You've been listening to a Sin Media Podcast, where young people run the show.